Thank you for joining us today for the Cybersecurity Guide podcast. My name is Steve Bocut. I'm a writer and an editor for Cybersecurity Guide and the podcast's host. We appreciate your listening. On today's show, our guest is Karen Scarfone. She's the principal consultant for Scarfone Cybersecurity in Clinton, Virginia. We're going to be talking about small businesses and cybersecurity. So a little bit about our guest. Karen is a recognized cybersecurity expert. She develops publications for federal agencies, media companies, and other organizations. She was formerly a senior computer scientist at the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST. Karen has co-authored over 100 NIST special publications and interagency reports on a wide variety of cybersecurity topics. In addition, she has co-authored or contributed to 18 books and published approximately 200 articles on cybersecurity topics. Karen recently published an article entitled Latest Attack Surface, Small Business and Cybersecurity here at Cybersecurity Guide. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks, Steve. It's great to be here. All right. Thank you. This is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to this. I've been thinking about this all week and uh, looking forward to this conversation. So um, let's start by helping our audience understand your um, journey, if you will, uh, to and through cybersecurity. So how did you first become interested in cybersecurity and then how has that uh, affected your career since then? So I was... uh already a computer science. I had a computer science degree. I was working in IT doing, uh, I was sort of like a jack of all trades. Um, this was back in the mid nineties when companies largely weren't on the internet yet. Um, I was actually working for a small business, about 50 employees. And I did tech support training, software development, um, hardware repair, networking, like anything you can think of was, was I was the whole IT department. Um, and, and that was a little unusual at the time. Computer science majors were typically software developers. It, it, mm-hmm. I was really the only one out of my graduating class that, that went into more of a, a, a support role. Anyway, so, so years went by and I ended up working for a large electric utility and Y2K was coming. Mm. And because of all the concerns about Y2K, the electric company started up a security team. And uh, it sounded pretty interesting to me, Um, but I was actually cautioned by people not to go into security because they said it was just resetting passwords. And why would I want to throw my career away to go work in cybersecurity? And um, I didn't listen. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I made the jump. Um, at the same time, I was working on a master's degree at um, University of Idaho, mm-hmm. um, and I, um, uh, I tr- have to be truthful, but I ended up choosing the cybersecurity concentration in their program because I didn't have to take math classes, and <laughs> I didn't have to do programming. Because I'd been I'd been away from programming for years. They used um, Java, which I did not know at all. I'd mm-hmm. been away from math for years. It just 
it's not that security was the easy way out. Um, it was certainly very challenging to study, but for me, it, it was the best fit. So it was just sort of the convergence of those two things that got me into cybersecurity and I was hooked and, and I've been hooked ever since. Very good. Well, thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. Um, so let's kind of dig into the topic a little bit. So um, as I said earlier, we really want to focus on small businesses and cybersecurity, some of the challenges for cyber, for small businesses and things that they can do to protect themselves. And that's kind of a, a hot topic right now. And I think we'll probably get into that. But what some what are some of the the unique challenges small businesses face when it comes to implementing cybersecurity measures as compared to larger organizations? There's, unfortunately, there's there's really a lot of challenges that, that small businesses face. You know, very few small businesses have a lot of dedicated um, IT resources, let alone cybersecurity resources. You know, a, a small business with 20, 30, 50 employees isn't going to have a full-time cybersecurity expert on staff. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so just understanding what the risks are, uh, what are the vulnerabilities? What are the threats? How do you handle these things? Just just understanding what needs to be done could, could be a major challenge. And nearly all of the guidance and books and, and all the information out there tends to be geared to cybersecurity professionals, which, which makes sense. Cybersecurity is, is very complex and a huge domain at this time. You know, it used to be that you could have a fairly small amount of knowledge about cybersecurity and it was enough to kind of get by. But now the, the field is just so huge and there's so many laws and regulations. And it's, you know, you, you need to have an understanding of cybersecurity from a, a technical perspective, but also from a legal perspective, a compliance perspective. Um, you know, a small company might be... a, a you know, there there's so many things to think about all the different types of data that a small business might process and securing all that data and, and being prepared for a million different things that could go wrong. Hmm. And small businesses don't have the tools they need. They, they don't have guidance that's understandable. Um, it, it, it's really a, a nearly impossible situation, I would say. It's the, the challenges can, can be overwhelming. And there are a lot of small businesses that are going out of business because they can't meet those challenges. Yeah, and that's really unfortunate. And I, I agree. I think that small businesses, and I think we're seeing the numbers are starting to bear this out, that small businesses are seen by threat actors maybe as low-hanging fruit um, because they don't have sophisticated protection in place um, and they really can't afford to do that. So they, small businesses, I believe, are much more dependent on, um, you know, their vendors, you know, the, the whoever provides their cybersecurity tools and, and consultants to kind of help them, <clears throat> help guide them uh, through some of these challenges. So, um, it, it's a fascinating thing to to think about. Um, so from your bio, um, it indicates that you've spent some time working with NIST. And so let's talk about the NIST cybersecurity framework. And could you briefly explain 
what this framework is and how it is particularly useful for small businesses or how small businesses could apply this framework um, to their protection. Sure. So the NIST cybersecurity framework has been around for about 10 years. And what it does is it defines a set of desired cybersecurity outcomes. And so what I, what I mean by outcome is it, it talks about the, the results that you'd like to achieve through your cybersecurity, but it doesn't specify how to do it. A lot of times that, that really puts people off if you tell them that, oh, well, it doesn't tell you how to do things. People would like to be told how to do things in many cases. You know, you're, you're looking for someone to tell you how do, how do I, you know, how do I achieve cybersecurity? And, you know, the guidance back is, oh, well, you know, here's a bunch of things you have to figure it out yourself. Yeah, but, here's the outcome you're looking for. Good luck, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and that's, again, a, a huge challenge for small businesses. A large business has the staff that can, can figure that out, can figure out what the best implementation is, whereas a, a small business doesn't. But the problem is the cybersecurity controls that I would recommend that, say, a small medical office implements mm -hmm. versus a freelance photographer um, versus a small retail shop. Are all they, they all have fundamentally different challenges. They have different types of data that they're dealing with. They, I would have fundamentally different recommendations for each of them. Okay. And it depends what software they're using and what hardware they're using. And, you know, it, there's so many factors that it's just impossible to have one recommendation out there that just magically, okay, everybody do this thing and you're going to be secure. Un unfortunately, it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, yeah. So the cybersecurity framework is this outcome focus so that it does work for everybody. Even a small business can look at the outcomes or have a, a consultant say who's helping them look through outcomes and understand, oh, okay, I have to, I have to protect my data. I have to patch my systems. It, it covers throughout the whole security life cycle, all the things that a, a, any organization really needs to do. And part of the reason for the cybersecurity framework is to improve communications among, so that cybersecurity professionals and other people who are highly technical people in management, people in, in the business side can't all talk to each other. Okay. And, and it, a lot of, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's, that's interesting. It just made me think, one of the things that I, I don't worry is probably not the right word, but I think about is, is compliance. So small businesses have data and then they have to comply with government regulations um, to protect that data. Does the NIST cybersecurity framework help them understand what they need to comply with the regulations they need to comply with, or does it just help them, you know, protect their data generally, but they, they need to, another source to tell them this kind of data is PII. So you can do this with it, but you can't do that with it. Uh, if you're doing business in, you know, overseas, then there are these kinds of restrictions. Um, does, does, cyber, does the framework get into that? Or is it basically just how to protect data? And then you have to figure out what data you have to protect. No, it just it just focuses on 
the outcomes and, and protecting your data and your systems. It, it does not get into the specifics of laws, regulations, and, and the like, because it, it would be, I, I keep saying the word impossible, but it would pretty much be impossible to keep track of all the security, privacy laws all around the globe. And it, they change all the time. It depends on you know something like gdpr which is mm -hmm. the, the the big privacy regulation in europe you know it's not whether you do business in europe it's whether you have people from europe that are doing business with you right there's a lot of laws out there like that and keeping track of them all is is daunting i mean there there are great websites out there with information about cybersecurity laws um, you know, there are places like that to go that keep up with that. The framework gets updated about every five years. Oh, okay. So you need to stay on top of that as well if you're a small business owner. Unfortunately, uh, yes. Yeah. So let's see if we can offer some tips. So let's let's talk about the importance of having a cybersecurity plan in place uh, for small businesses and maybe some tips or things that uh, uh, that they can do to, you know, manage this. Yeah, there are there there are some guidance documents and and articles, white papers, and and such um, out there that can help you to do cybersecurity planning for small businesses. Um, but you know, a lot of it, I think, is best done by engaging with a cybersecurity expert okay. and you know a consultant, let's say and meeting with them and talking about what your business needs. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a small business owner, I'm, I'm self-employed and I'll get requests for copies of my disaster recovery plans and, and all sorts of things. And I, I just don't have those things. And it's not that I haven't thought about them, it's just that I don't have everything formally documented. And I, I think that would be my, my top recommendation. It's not so much that you have a formal plan in place, although that would be wonderful. It's that you've thought about it. You've thought about what could happen and you've made some preparations for those things. You, know, you have backups of things. You have, uh, I, I have a, I had an issue some years ago um, where I lost access to my email account, my business mm. email account. <laughs> um, that was a huge problem, yeah. you know, because the 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 response that you get back from the vendor is, oh, well, you know, talk to your tech support. I'm like, right. no, 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 I yeah. am the tech support. <laughs> I am the tech I'm, support. That's I'm, why I'm calling you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I'm calling you. And it, we just went around and around and around. And you don't, you always, you, you take these things for granted. Yeah. You know, I've worked in big companies and hey, anytime you have an IT problem, there's always somebody you can call. Yeah. But small business, it, it can be very different. And you may make assumptions about, data being automatically backed up and preserved, things like that, that, that turn out not to be true. So it's, yeah. you and really need to educate yourself. I suspect that there are, uh, and more and more, um, instances where small businesses need to 
provide some kind of documentation. So I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning in my mind a small business who does business with a large business and that large business now looks at them as a third party vendor and they wanna know that this small business is protecting the data that they're going to be exchanging one with another to do business. And so um, more and more, I suspect small businesses, if they haven't already, they're going to be faced with those kinds of challenges where they need to show their customers, the large business, um, that they are protecting the data and that their software is secure and, and all those kinds of things. Have you seen that kind of thing to be true? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I've, I've noticed a, a sharp uptick in requests I'm getting maybe in the last three to six months from small businesses who are being asked to, um, to, to state that they comply with sets of requirements Right. And they just do not know where to start. Yeah. And I, I've taken that and it's it's really concerned me to hear that. I never thought about it that much before. Even though I have my own business, I, I never really thought about what a burden that is. But I, I've had some people approach me who work for small companies who are subcontractors or vendors for large companies. Mm-hmm. Who themselves are government contractors, yeah, and they're passing down those government requirements to these small businesses, and they have no idea what to do. Yeah, anybody who's tried to understand a government requirement, reading it out of <laughs> out of a document, it's uh, can relate to that. It's almost impossible to understand what the government even wants. But this is the livelihood of these businesses. These are huge customers that they want to sell to. Right. And you can't just say, nope, not going to sell to you anymore. I mean, you have to find a solution to the problem. But yeah, yet, exactly. you know, they're being asked to, you know, attest that they comply with requirements that they don't even understand what the requirements are. Exactly. So I think we've talked about some of the misconceptions that small business owners might have, but are there any any other uh, misconceptions Um about cybersecurity needs or risks that that you've run across uh, with small businesses? I mean, definitely one is that the the mentality that, oh, you know, no one's going to target me. I'm, I'm a, a small business. Yeah. I mean, that That's really common. But I think that's that's just human nature. I mean, you think, yeah. oh, well, you know, that's why true. would we anybody, always... <laughs> yeah. Why would anybody, but, but I think we have to realize that, you know, it data is now the currency that, uh, the threat actors are after. And y- you don't have to be a large business to have access to or be responsible for, I guess is a better way of saying it, large amounts of data. I mean, if you're, you know, a few guys with a website, if you're collecting, you know, personal data from people, um, then, and, and of course, that's how businesses do business with one another, right? As they exchange data. And so having right. the data, the data has value. Uh, so it doesn't really matter the size of the business. It's more, you know, the data that you have and are responsible for. It's interesting. Yes. yes. And things like ransomware attacks have, have become a real problem for small business. Oh, it's a man. case where an, an attacker may purposely target small businesses because they know that they may lack the cybersecurity resources. Right. And shutting off their you know, blocking access to their data and systems may effectively put them out of business completely. 
Exactly. So these are people who are maybe more likely to pay ransoms and, and you know, go along, not involve law enforcement or, or others and just say, hey, I'll, I'll just pay you. Give me give me back access. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a terrible situation to be. Yeah, in. And I often, I often wonder, and I don't expect you to have these statistics at your fingertips, but I often wonder how often that happens that we never hear about it, right? How many small right. businesses are being affected by this? And, and as you indicated, they just look, all right, I, you know, I'll just pay it and, and, you know, take the hit because if I don't, I'm out of business and I don't have the time to fight it. I've got to open back up. So that's, it is kind of, um, it's a scary and unfortunate situation. Uh, all right. So training. So let's talk about maybe some examples of how small businesses can effectively train their employees. We always hear that, and I don't like this expression at all, but uh, you know, that the employees are the weakest link. I think the employees are as good as the training that they get. And so uh, how do you train your employees um, on to be more aware and you know, cyber hygiene, those kinds of things? Uh, so there's, there's certainly lots of training providers out there that have courses available that you can take online. Um, and I, I would recommend, uh, my personal preference are, are what they call challenge courses. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, a standard training class is, you know, very passive. You're sitting there and you're looking at slides and listening to someone talk for an hour and then you, you know, you're done. Yeah. Uh, a challenge course is more interactive, where you're given scenarios. Um, you know, someone's talking. Uh, maybe you you hear a uh, uh, you know like a simulated conversation um, between um, you know two two people. Just who one of them is a an attacker trying to trick somebody on the phone. Let's say to mm -hmm. fish information out of them. Um, and then you're asked how you would respond in given choices. So it's a more interactive, engaging, and as much as training can be entertaining way to get the messages across and to get people actually more engaged in thinking about the situations and, and answering the questions. Um, so I, I definitely favor challenge courses as a more effective way to do training. I also strongly encourage, especially small businesses, to focus, uh, make sure that their training includes things like all the CEO scams that have been going around. Mm -hmm. um, these are things where you're trying to trick someone into doing a wire transfer, a bank transfer, other things like that. Um, that would definitely be a common target in a small business because it would be, you know, relatively easy to find, you know, to know who, who to contact. Right. Um, and all it takes is one mistake for a lot of money to, to be gone and, and be unrecoverable. Yeah. Um, and so it seems like a lot of that is probably just making people aware. Um, if you're aware that those kinds of scams are happening, um, then you're more apt to stop and think, now, wait a minute, how do I know that this is real? It may seem real and it may seem urgent. The thing that you, you feel like you may want to do to make business run smoothly, but if you know that there's a scam out there that is you know, operating on that kind of a basis, then I can see how that would be helpful. And, and also, I, I, I know there are some training courses that use... Uh, for example, 
they'll send emails um, and try and fish and, and then, you know, they, they see if you fall for it, right. And then they report that back to your employer. And then have you seen those kinds of uh, tools be effective? I've, um, I've had clients who do phishing tests. Um, I, I personally find them useful. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who, who, <laughs> actually don't really like them. Uh, one thing that it sort of encourages you to do is if you if you know that your organization is going to do testing, maybe you start really looking at every phishing email and really scrutinizing it to try to find out if it's real or not versus just sort of ignoring things that go in your spam folder. Mm-hmm. And so in a, in a, in a way, it can get you to actually spend more time interacting with suspicious emails than you would otherwise. Hmm, that's that's interesting. And I know I've also heard people say that it's sometimes it can be a negative experience for the employee, yes. depending on what happens with that information. If you fail yeah. the, the phishing test and now you got a demerit at work or it goes in your permanent report, you know, that kind of your file, that kind of thing, uh, that can be very discouraging for employees. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, one thing that's, that's critical for, for small businesses is to not make it a, a punishment culture. Right. Yeah. Mistakes are going to happen. Right. Incidents are going to happen. You're, you're going to have problems, whether it's caused by human error or other reasons, bad things are going to happen. And so you need to be adopting a mindset and a culture of being prepared for the bad things that are going to happen. Yeah. So we've talked about business email compromise. We've talked about phishing emails. Um, what are some of the other cyber threats that small businesses face and how can they mitigate these risks? I mean, ransomware, phishing are, are definitely way up there on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you know, password credential theft is, is still a big one. Um, you know, everyone continues to be encouraged to use multi-factor authentication. Yeah. Things like that, that, that make it less likely that someone's going to, you know, reuse a password and, and get into your accounts. Um, so that's, that's certainly still out there. Yeah. That's um, an interesting one for me as well. Just, I mean, just my personal experience. I mean, I have literally hundreds and I think most people do <laughs> of different passwords. And uh, I wish I could say that they're all unique, but they're not uh, but most of them are because i'm in the business and so uh, i try and keep them as unique as i can so does that do you are do you favor um like password managers um i do do you okay because i know everybody does and then things happen like the last pass breach and then everybody's like oh see i told you you shouldn't have used that Uh, personally i use LastPass. i love it it seems to work for me as i don't know how else i could manage the hundreds of you know user you know credentials that I have to manage uh, without it. All right. Um, So let's, uh, I think we've probably talked about most of the ways that owners can stay up to date uh, with trends and threats, but, you know, is there anything else that you can think of along those lines? I mean, how, if I'm a small business owner, 
how do I even just stay on top of this stuff? Uh, do I have to subscribe to some different websites? I and mean, what do I do to even know what the threats are? I mean, there are um, there are several government agencies, um, including uh, NIST, uh, the Small Business Administration, and uh, CISA, which is the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. I have a feeling I didn't say that quite right. Um, Cyber infrastructure NIST, security agency, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, but there there are government agencies out there who who are actually here to help you, mm -hmm. and they, um, for example, NIST has uh, their small business corner, and it's a website with resources all dedicated to small business cybersecurity. So, and certainly the Small Business Administration has many articles and, and other things online that are specifically intended to educate small business owners and provide them with guidance on the most important things that they're facing today in terms of cybersecurity. Yeah, and I know that... that... Uh, CISA will do that as well. You can subscribe to their yes. alerts. And so if you don't, I mean, obviously, if you're a big enough company to have a security team, they're going to be doing that, right? But if you're not, if you don't have a security team, if you're a small business owner who's trying to do this himself, I would recommend that you subscribe to these alerts and then at least you'll get the emails and, and you'll be able to say, well, does that apply to me or not? Uh, and they're usually pretty easy to understand. That's right. I mean, NIST is also just standing up a community of interest for small business cybersecurity. Oh, very good. And uh, I, I'm, I would expect that, say, CISA would probably give you more, this is the major bad thing that's happening right now, mm -hmm. you know, that you need to know about more of those sorts of alerts, whereas NIST is going to be more on best practices and guidance, um, and also announcements of events and things like that. They they have events targeted for small business to bring together people and and learn and you know as a community discuss these topics. Very good. Okay. All right. Let's see if we can capture some resources that you might recommend for small businesses. Are there um, tools, you know, vendors that you found that work really well, or programs that you found that work very well, um, even books um, or websites, you know, any kind of resource that you would recommend for small businesses? Uh, I, I shy away from recommending specific tools specific or tools, resources, yeah. <laughs> um, unless I've used them myself and can vouch for them myself. Right. Um, just, you know, not comfortable doing that. But I, there are definitely companies emerging that are focused on small business cybersecurity. Okay. Um, now I'm, I'm more used to say, uh, man, uh, like, you know, office 365, those mm -hmm. sorts of things. Okay. Well, we'll have Microsoft take care of our email and they'll take care of the cybersecurity concerns for that email. And, and that's, and that's a great step, but there are mm -hmm. businesses out there that are actually heading more toward a managed security service provider mm -hmm. model for small businesses, which is really okay. interesting. So, but I think that's an emerging field and it, it may take some time for the, the vendors in that area to mature, but I'm definitely looking into it and trying to find out, you know, what the state of the art is. Yeah. And, and it certainly makes sense because I know small businesses have done that 
you know, in lots of different areas, uh, maybe not cybersecurity so much, but they're tending to do that now. It makes more, if you don't have a security team, then, you know, what you want to do is find someone who will do that for you. So you don't have to bear the entire cost of a security team. You're sharing that with other small businesses that this particular vendor caters to. So that, that can be helpful as well. Okay. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's try and end here. We're about out of time, but let's try and end on a, on a high note. Um, are there any success stories or case studies with small businesses that have effectively implemented cybersecurity measures that you're aware of? So for, for whatever reason, I only hear the bad stories. Yeah, that's true. In your <laughs> role, I can see where that's true. That that is kind of the uh, the depressing part of being a, a cybersecurity consultant, yes. right? Nobody nobody <laughs> wants to talk to you when they don't have a problem. They want to talk to you with, when they're circling the drain. I understand. But but I would take this opportunity to say I would love to hear from small companies, small businesses that are making cybersecurity work. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear what you're doing and how you're doing it and hopefully help share that information with the, the larger community. So anyone's free to contact me. Um, my, my email's karen at scarphonecybersecurity.com. Um, I would love to hear what, you know, what's working for you, but also hear what's not working for you. I, I, I am always fine with hearing complaints and questions and and you know people wanting to know can we do better because i i know we can do better i think small business cybersecurity has been you know largely put to the side for a long time um, for a lot of reasons and we're finally at a point now where we really need as a as a whole security community to pitch in and all do our part to help small businesses improve their cybersecurity. You know, we need to all help protect each other. Excellent. Oh, I love that idea. So thank you very much. And thank you, Karen, for being with us today. This has been a blast. I appreciate it. I'd also like to thank our listeners for being with us. Please remember to subscribe and review if you find this podcast interesting and join us next time for another episode of the Cybersecurity Guide podcast.